Hi, and welcome to How to Build an Empire, the podcast that will take you through everything you need to know to build a marketing machine that can scale. I'm Danny Lev. Producer Sam is right by my virtual side. Hello from rainy London. Today will be all about how to get your marketing budget right, and there's no better person to talk about it with than Dave Wolpert. He's a lawyer and accountant who has worked in the public and private sectors, including the Israeli Stock Exchange and KPMG. He's now the Director of Finance and Business Operations at Lumigo. Dave is a financial whiz with a deep understanding of what it means to build a startup and the marketing department within it. How do you stay financially agile? Why is engagement more important than revenue? All the answers are ahead. Welcome to episode eight of How to Build an Empire. Today we have Dave Walpert with us. Welcome, Dave. Thank you, Dan. Very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Dave, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I am an accountant and a lawyer. I really went to the dark side. I began my career path as a lawyer for the Israeli Security Exchange Committee. There, I've handled pretty complex economic criminal cases. After which I realized that the criminal world... That actually sounds fascinating for another episode. It was very fascinating. But personally, I felt that I don't want to deal with this content all the time, which is basically people that are breaking economic uh, regulations and laws. And then I went to KPMG, where I worked three and a half years in the tax department in Tel Aviv. And act surprised when I tell you that taxes were not my go-to thing, but we didn't feel like that was what I want to do. So I jumped into the high-tech and startup world where I actually wanted to be a part of an engagement team solving the future of tomorrows and not trying to run after the problems of the past. And I think ever since then, for almost seven years now, I'm in the high-tech world in financial roles and Currently, I'm heading the finance and legal and business operations at a company called Lumigo. So this is my place to say that I was actually VP marketing at Lumigo. I'm not anymore. The reason I wanted Dave to join us is because he's just the best of the best in understanding startup budgets specifically and marketing budget in particular. So Dave, what does a director of finance have to do with marketing? Surprisingly, quite a lot. And I don't think it's only concluded to a director of finance. It could be anyone that's heading the finance or anyone in the finance department. And I think a role of the finance department as a whole, it can be a controller or a director or VP or CFO, is being a, a very close partner to the other departments in the company and more specifically, the marketing. I think that the role of a good financier extends behind the financial matters. While marketing, for example, is typically obviously associated with the CMO or the marketing team, the finance department plays a crucial role in aligning financial strategies with marketing initiatives. I collaborate closely with the marketing team to ensure that marketing activities, one, are cost-effective, two, contribute to revenue generation, and three, align with the overall financial goals of the company. So by monitoring the financial implication of the marketing decisions, the finance, the head of top finance optimizes marketing strategies and helps the marketing team allocate resources efficiently, ensuring that the marketing budget is utilized wisely to drive growth 
Bottom line, to maximize the return on investment, right? This is basically the North Star, the return on investment. And that's... That right. sounds a little scary. Do you babysit the marketing budget? Like how, what does your engagement with the marketing team look like? Right. So I think it, it has to do with data. The decision maker should be the head of marketing. The decision maker of these are my resources and how it should allocate them should be the head of marketing. I think that the CFO or the head of finance, their critical role is to get the right data because they're very data oriented to get the right data to the marketing professional in the company. So they can make a data-driven decision. What do I mean by data? It means how many active users are there? How many paying customers join in a certain time period? What is the customer acquisition cost, maybe for companies that are a little bit further than product market fit phase? What is the customer lifetime value? So all those efficiency matrix I think are important data indicators that the CMO needs in order to understand how to allocate its own marketing budget. I don't see a CFO coming to the CMO and telling them, increase your spend on content and less expand. I think that's the CMO. That's for the CMO to decide. I think the CFO should make sure that the data is visible, accessible, transparent, and true. I think those are the main pillars where a good finance department can help the marketing department to execute mm -hmm. good strategies and being cost-effective. So how do you deal with the fact that some marketing strategies are easy to attribute, meaning we know exactly how much we invested and then how much money we made. We have a clear ROI. And then some marketing activities are more branding-oriented, brand recognition, where it's a little fuzzier, like the fact that you're talking on a podcast is very difficult to measure how many people you brought into the company. I don't know how to measure how many people I brought into Empire Now IO, and yet it's still very, very important engagements that we need in order to get the word out. In the end, it has a positive ROI, but it's very difficult to measure. How do you deal with that? It's a great question. First of all, I don't deal with that. I, uh, we need to accept the fact that there's some marketing tactics and, and activities are, will be more difficult to measure than others. A certain campaign with the UTM, it's measurable and we know exactly what the ROI on it. I understand that, for example, investing money in PR, which it, it, it's a bit more difficult uh, to measure. True. Okay? But I do think that every marketing activity should have an objective. And the objective should be clear, even if not measured to, to, to the dollar, but should be a clear objective. So, for example, I brought it as a PR, but for example, the PR is, is a marketing activity and it's a marketing spend that is very hard to measure ROI on, right? It's, it's brand awareness. It's put us on the newspaper. But at the end of the day, we're doing PR for a reason. And we need to understand what's the reason, what's the strategy behind it. If the reason is to be able to recruit more easily to bring talent to the company. So, you know, the, 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 the head of HR should be also in picture to let us know if after three, four, five, six months of PR, does it seem that we're getting more applications to our certain positions or not? But that's just an example, not necessarily, but it's an example. Um, so yes, there are some marketing activities that can't be measured and that's okay. But I have to say that as a financier, as a head of marketing, 
I would always root for strategies that, first of all, have clear objectives. And second of all, that can be measured, especially when resources are sacred. So for example, if we're talking about the segment of early stage startups, if we're talking about a segment of mm -hmm. companies that are just, that, that are trying to reach a product market fit or initial of a product market fit, we're just talking about this segment again. So resources are very, very limited. And the runway is, is, is determined. And I think when a company is at that stage, there's a higher value to allocating resources to activities that you can actually measure and reach very fast decisions. So you have to be very agile as a young company. So if, if a certain strategy doesn't work or doesn't produce the yield that you were hoping for, I would expect a young company to be very agile in the decision-making process and say, okay, we need to try either a new strategy or we need a little bit more time on the current one. But still, the data and the measurement, I feel for early stage startups are, are far more important than maybe later stage companies that have much higher resources and they have a higher error matrix. So actually, this is a really good segue to financial agility. What is financial agility in a startup and what does it have to do with marketing? So everything. It has to do everything with marketing. Good answer. For early states, you know, the CFO and the CEO, they come to the head of marketing and they tell them, look, this is the early spend. This is what we can take out on marketing. Uh, it's derived from many, many segments in a budget, but, but, but this is the, the bottom line. And I think the CMO, more than maybe other stakeholders in an early stage companies, has to execute many strategies best to understand what's working and what's not to experiment. It's perhaps one of the more experimental departments in an early stage startup, the marketing team. And when you experiment and when you're trying to understand your go-to-market, when you're trying to understand what strategies provide yield and which strategies do not, you need to be able to shift resources very, very fast. You need to be able to accept a decision fast. You need to have the data pretty fast. I mean, the price of an early stage startup um, investing six months or seven months or eight months in a strategy that doesn't work, it's a very long error time to be mm -hmm. at for an early mm -hmm. stage company. So mm -hmm. the risk uh, of Executing a strategy that doesn't work for a marketing department in an early stage startup is extremely high for, for such a long time. Hence the agility. Hence the being able to have the data, to have transparent data, to have, to have the right data, to have the correct data, to make sure that the system is working correctly so the CMO can accept decision and shift resources as fast as possible if needed, if required. Sometimes it's not. So the tip for startup founders when it comes to financing marketing is you can experiment, but you have to experiment quickly, invest in what works, and just check out anything that doesn't work and invest in new stuff. Yes, definitely. And I would also say don't, as an early stage startup, again, this is, this is the segment we're talking about, don't be scared to experiment many, many things at once. I really feel that for an early stage company, it's important 
to experiment with digital marketing, with PPC campaigns, with influencers, with content creation, with everything that's possible. Like I wouldn't do it in a progressive way. I wouldn't do one experiment and then we experiment with all of them. Set a clear strategy with your marketing, with your CMO about what's your experiments and set expectations. How long would it take for every experiment to let us know if the experiment is working or not? And I think this is a very important point, setting expectations with the CMO regarding the different activities that are taking place is critical because uh, CEOs, by almost by definition, they want yield and they want it fast. Some strategies, it takes more time. It takes more time than a month or two. So setting mm-hmm. expectations, being agile with the budget, experimenting with many, many strategies at once for an early stage company, of course, taking into account the GTM, taking into account your ideal customer profile, uh, taking into account the market that you're reaching. All of those things obviously have to be included inside. Uh, But for an early stage startup, just experiment as much as you want. Be agile with the resource allocation. It's also important to set expectations from the CMO side as well. So the CMO can say, okay, here's my strategy. This is what I'm going to be trying out. This experiment will not be able to be measured accurately, but we will be checking to see if it makes some kind of an impact by talking to people, by listening, by asking them where they heard about us, etc. So this is something like a Google ad is something I can really analyze and say, okay, here is the ROI I made for every dollar spent. And then I need to communicate to my CEO, this is a little bit more of a fuzzier experiment, but it's also really important to uh, execute, be it PR, like you said, or anything else that is a little little bit brand-oriented, community-oriented, even events can be measured, but like halfway. So these are all very important activities that you need to get done and to communicate to your finance people and your CEO that they need to prepare themselves for the fact that you may not be able to prove exactly what the ROI is, but they're still very important. An interesting thing you say, David, is that engagement is more important than ARR. So for those of you who don't know, that's annual recurring revenue. I mean, we're all here to make money. So how come engagement is more important? So high engagement refers to the number of people who not only know about the product, but also understand it, actively use it, and provide valuable feedback. This engagement creates a feedback loop for product market fit, allowing the company to redefine its product, enhance its value proposition, and attract more customers. So by focusing on engagement, a startup can gather insights from user, iterate quickly, and, and just drive a better product experience. And this obviously leads to a higher customer satisfaction and increased retention rates, and ultimately greater revenue generation. So to summarize, I think it's crucial to prioritize engagement matrix, such as active users, user satisfaction scores, and user feedback as they provide valuable indicators of the product market fit and potential for a sustainable growth. So that's exactly what we were talking about. For example, if you invest in a community around your product and you want to know how many people know, understand, and use the product and how many are highly engaged with the brand, it's actually something that is very difficult to measure and uh, monetize. But on the other hand, the higher the engagement, you say, the higher the ARR will be in the long term. And that is something that you need to invest in more than tomorrow's ARR because you want to 
make sure that your income is sustainable over time. Definitely. It's all about trust and loyalty, right? I think every mm-hmm. single company and every single product, that's what they want to establish. Trust and loyalty. Trust comes first. Loyalty comes after. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, this is the prize. When you engage with customers, when you form those communities, when you have the PR, all of those activities together increase increase the trust in your product, in, in you solving the problem, in you solving the pain. And without further ado, let's move on to our favorite segment, Based on a True Story. Based on a True Story is brought to you by the Startup Marketing Workshop. Learn, learn how to optimize your marketing strategy and avoid needless mistakes. Plus, gain exclusive access to a supportive founder community. Email workshop at empirenow.io to find a workshop near you or inquire if your VC offers this invaluable resource to its portfolio companies. That's workshop at empirenow.io. The link will also be in the episode details, along with the rest of the good stuff. Back to you, Danny. Thank you, Sarah. Why don't you tell us a little bit of a, a real-life story and how they managed to figure all of this out? I can say something from actually very recent, right? So shouldn't be a surprise that the market is it's pretty rough right now, right? It's not a secret. The market is a tough spot. The high-tech market is in a tough spot. And I think what we've been seeing, for example, in, in Lumigo, we've been very keen. I've been working very closely with our marketing director to understand how do we take all the resources that the marketing department have and allocate them much more efficiently? How we go into every single tool and solution we have and understand if it provides a yield? How do we double down on strategies that we see that are working? And how do we double down on strategies that we're not sure that are working still? That basically means going after every single marketing tool and understanding the cost versus risk, right? Risk reward. And really trying to, I would say what we've been seeing lately is doubling down on content. There's no, you know, you can't replace it. It content rules the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, doubling down on content, doubling down on influencers, working with influencers is providing to be very successful. And again, we, we were talking about trust. Really, we're seeing that it, it generates trust with the users, especially once again, we have them, our marketing department really markets to developers, right? Developers are the ones that are using the product and we're seeing that working with influencers works very well. So actually just making those decisions, getting the data fast, understanding how many signups or how many active users or how much engagement on the website we're having for which campaigns and just being very way on making those decisions in real time, especially in the market downturn of mm-hmm. where should we allocate more resources and, and, and where not. And I think it, it's even more so, it's always important and even more so at a downturn. Mm-hmm. And what proved successful in that strategy? Like what did you see happen in Lumigo that really took off once you made those changes? Traction. To the website, more people are searching Lumigo um, in search engines. Uh, more people are talking about Lumigo, for example, in Reddit. So we're really seeing higher engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're really seeing higher interest. Uh, and I mean, we're just at the beginning of it. We're just examining those, but 
we are mm-hmm. beginning to see that interest is rising mm-hmm. for developers to understand what Lumigo does and how it can help them. And for us comes the challenge of, you know, their interest is peaked, but now we have to prove to them as fast as possible. It's developers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we can provide them value and we can help them. We can make their life easier. You need to capitalize on that interest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, and, and, and that's what we're seeing. We're generating that interest through content creation, through influencers, through more strategies that we're utilizing and executing. And we're seeing higher interest rates. And obviously that's where we come in and that's what we're doing. We're showing them as fast as possible mm-hmm. the value that they can get from troubleshooting mm-hmm. containers and Kubernetes in production. So mm-hmm. look so at you. you. You moved from finance to messaging. Always <laughs> <laughs> important. Job. See, and, and you were asking a me. A lawyer, about a, an the, accountant, and now a marketing man. And the marketing. Yes, you were asking me. I was, so if you have any developers listening to us, try Flamigo. <laughs> we'll make your life easier. <laughs> Use containers. No, but but being serious. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's critical in, in in the market downturn to pick that interest and obviously to capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. As much as I love talking to finance people about trust, loyalty, and engagement. Let's talk a little bit about numbers. What does a good marketing budget look like? Yeah. So I, I think the structure of the marketing budget, it, it really varies. It, I know this is the answer people hate the most, but it depends. But it really does depend on the cost on the company, on the go-to-market, on the ideal customer profile. And so I think it depends on the specific needs and goals of the startup. However, I think a typical marketing budget, if I try to draw like a raw line, uh, includes, has to include obviously the following com- components. So obviously personnel, okay? So everything that the company hires in-house, it can be a CMO or head of marketing and product marketing manager, um, dem gen manager and so on and so on, community manager and so on and so on. So all the people that are in the marketing department, that's that group. Headcount, that's item number one. Headcount, definitely. Uh, two is consultants. I think that for an early stage company, a lot of the uh, expertise required will at times be outside of that company. A lot of expertise about content creation, a lot of expertise about demgen. So I think it's, really, really critical for an early stage startup to approach and engage with subject experts that will help them, one, set their CRM straight, two, help them to understand how to reach their target market, and three, help them execute that th- those strategies. So I would say consultants and subject experts. And I think another marketing component that we have would be obviously everything that has to do with obviously digital marketing campaigns, sponsorships and events. It's another component that we have in the marketing budget. So all the ways that you can engage with your customers, with your prospects, every single way, that's another component in the marketing budget. I would say those would be 
the main ones, obviously you have the marketing IT, right? You have your CRM. CRM mm -hmm. is quite an expensive annual expense. So you have your CRM, which is the basis for everything, but then you have a lot of marketing analytics tools and you have a lot of tools that basically are designed to make sure that attribution is done correctly uh, and that the CMO can accept, again, data-driven decision. And for that, we have many, many great tools today that can help the CMO to do that. Yeah, so the marketing stack. It can be very expensive Definitely. on the one hand. On the other hand, now in the age of AI, it's actually getting cheaper because you can get a lot of services done for free by bots that kind of interact with the numbers or the data themselves. But yeah, I absolutely agree that there are some high ticket numbers in the marketing stack. Right. Moving on, what should we look out for when we build a marketing budget? What should we stay away from? So again, for an early stage company, you just need to make sure that Budgets are clear and aligned. That the, the the KPIs, I think, are very clear because at the end of the day, every budget begins with the financial and economic targets of the company, and then we have to reverse engineer that and to understand how will the top of the funnel look like. Okay, because we have to understand, we have to define the top of the funnel because at the end of the day, everything translates to ARR, number of paying customers. And so our active customers and so on. So I think when setting a marketing budget, the top of the funnel should be very clear, meaning it could be number of signups, okay, every single month or number of a, a certain KPI that shows that the marketing activities are yielding fruit or not, or more or less. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important with setting the marketing budget to, first of all, define how the top of the funnel looks like. The top of the funnel is actually the end of the funnel for the marketing department, mm -hmm. right? So the top of the funnel for finance is the, it's the end of the funnel for the marketing activity. Oh, I see what you mean. And that's <laughs> where finance. Gotcha. Yeah, right. So, so for example, number of signups is the top of the funnel for, for revenue. Mm -hmm. But number of signups is the end of the funnel for a marketing activity because this is how the marketing measured, how much mm -hmm. engagement mm -hmm. you have to do. With the mm -hmm. so, so I think that's the line where marketing and finance meet. And I think it's very important to define that. And then from there, once it's defined and agreed, let's say, okay, number of signups every single month to your product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So from there, I think here the finance actually should step aside and allow the marketing professional to understand if this is the targets, then, you know, it's always a discussion between finance and marketing, right? So the marketing will say, okay, this is what I need. This is the resources I need in order to make sure that I meet those KPIs. Um, and then I think head of finance should be very careful not to go into the uh, CMO's territory and tell them, okay, put one, one mil here or put one mil there or 500K here or 500K there. I think this is, should be decided by the CMO. I think it, it, the CMO and the CFO should be just aligned on how much signups are we expected to have with that, with those resources. Every single month or every single quarter depends how you measure your success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a few metrics. I think that's the Not most critical. Uh, I'd look at, um, well, first I'd look at the traffic that you bring to the website, but you also need that traffic to be good quality traffic. So you start measuring how long people stay on the site, how many sign up to the free product, and then how many convert to the paid product, and then what the retention is. The retention is obviously less of a marketing thing, but you still work with products 
to make sure that the user experience remains highly consistent and high quality from the second they heard of your brand all the way through using the product. So I'd say that towards all these metrics, it's really important to make sure that you understand where your budget is going, how you divide your resources and where you have to emphasize the most. For example, if you need signups now, then you need to make sure that you invest in top of funnel. But if you have a, top of, a ton of top of funnel traffic and you need more conversions, then obviously that changes a little bit of the context. Definitely, definitely. The engagement and the traction should be qualified in it. I agree. Mm-hmm. Do you know, when we talk about marketing budgets, it's like very intuitive to say, okay, let's see where we can save, what we can do to hedge our risks, the risks that we're taking. But actually, in all the startups I worked at, the finance people always told me to spend more. It's very counterintuitive. Even during COVID, when everyone went underground, my CFO told me, you need to spend more. How could- it may seem counterintuitive to increase spending during challenging times, like, for example, COVID, but there can be strategic reasons behind it. The approach to increasing spending during a turn, downturn is rooted in the concept of investing for growth and taking mm-hmm. advantage of market opportunities. Two main reasons I can think of why it might be advised. One, to capitalizing on, on reduced competitions. So during, for mm-hmm. example, economic downturn, uh, some companies may reduce their marketing efforts or become more cautious. So by increasing spending, you can potentially capture a larger share of voice in the market, stand out from competitors, and gain market share. There's so much noise out there. So much noise from everyone. Like, you know, you you should imagine that your ideal customer profile must be getting so much noise from your competitors and from from other vendors. So I think during a downturn, a lot of voice nymph um, and, and go silent. And I think that perhaps might be the time to increase your own voice to get the attention of your prospects. Second is leveraging cost efficiency. So I think during a downturn, obviously there may be also economic opportunities to negotiate better deals with advertising platforms, vendors, agencies, as they may offer more favorable terms. I can say from personal experience that during COVID, we literally opened the contract of every single marketing vendor, every single one. And by the way, not only marketing vendors, but every single one and renegotiated the terms and were able to get, um, you know, obviously to reduce pricing by 20 to 35% in average. So not only did you keep your activity going and even increase it, you actually started saving money in parallel. Definitely. That's true. So when you come to a vendor during a crisis and you tell them, look, I want to increase my activity, but I can do it for the same price. That mm-hmm. we've been doing it so far. The market has changed, circumstances have changed, microeconomic reasons have changed. So you can actually pay far less for every unit economic or every measurable unit than you've paid before. And I'll also add that disclaimer, disclaimer, but uh, when you slow down your spend, you slow down your marketing, you slow down the, the traffic of people that hear about your product and want to use it. So again, it's not very that intuitive, but you want to make sure that during a downturn, you can't go crazy and blow through your whole uh, runway. That's not what I'm talking about, but you do have to remain cognizant to the fact that you need to continue. You need to keep growing because you're a startup. Definitely. 
if, if we said when we began our conversation that marketing, you know, the marketing team has to accept the decisions fast and understand which strategies work and which don't, I think at a word time, this aspect becomes even more critical mm -hmm. because at a downturn, the patience of the organizations for results that will perhaps yield in a year is far lesser than obviously any other times. I think you really have to focus on activities that will provide yield in, I would say, short, medium term rather than long term. That's, that's a wartime versus peacetime um, mm -hmm. organization. I would also say that if you have a startup that relies on big budgets and now we're in a recession and you think your clients won't have the time or the budget or the attention to invest in a new company, then you can take some of your budget and allocate it to branding. Because if you think that sales are going to decline no matter what you do, then just make sure that everybody hears about you every possible corner of their lives. You need to do a lot of brand advertising. You need to talk on every podcast. You have to create videos. You need to make sure that wherever they turn, they see your name for when they get the budget back to start purchasing new tools again, then you will be the top of their mind. Like you would be the top of mind brand. And you want to place yourself as that if you feel that you won't be able to generate growth per se. So you're actually investing now for when things get better and then you'll have like huge growth just from the fact that you will be the first on their minds. Definitely. I we did a lot of that in, during COVID. And I think that's, that's right. That's the big challenge of the marketing professional. And by the way, I think that is why it's so important to have the right subject matters, to have the CMO by your side, to have the right subject experts by your side at a time like this, because almost by definition, we need to understand almost by definition, budgets will decrease. Okay. It's at the end of the game. It's a game of cash flow. And, and I'm talking right now about a early stage company that, that is living off investors. And so almost by definition at a downturn, the thumb rule that investors will come to the CEO and tell them, Hey, I know we said that you can go after recruiting X time, but now you have to increase your runway by year. This is not the environment you want to recruit at, or this is not the environment you want to have them spend. And I think almost by definition, budgets will decrease. And I think that's where the main challenge for the CEO of an early stage startup, for a CMO of an early stage startup to understand that, how do I make more with less? How do I take every single dollar that I spend and make sure that it provides me the maximum yield within this time frame? So I definitely agree with you that some activities we have to increase the spending, but almost by definition, I'm assuming there will be some activities where we'll have to decrease the spending. And I, that is more critical to have that CMO to make those decisions and understand which strategies we're doubling down on and which strategies we're we'll get back to them perhaps a bit later. That actually really makes sense. Even when you talk about engagement being more important than ARR, because you need totally, you need full product market fits. That is something that keeps shifting. And if the market shifts, then the product market fit shifts as well. And maybe it's time to recalibrate your strategy, not for the long term, you know, don't reinvent yourself, but you do want to make sure that maybe you emphasize the right bits of your marketing, branding and messaging in order to shift together with the product market fit that the market shifted with. I hope that makes sense. Awesome.
So last question of the day is our tool shack. There are so many tools out there today. How can we know which is the best and why? So we thought we're getting all these amazing experts here. Why not ask them? So welcome to the Tool Shack. Every episode we recommend one and our guest recommends one as well. I'll go first. Our top shelf product for this episode is Canva. Canva is a user-friendly graphic design platform that allows startups to create professional looking visuals without having to hire a designer. It offers a wide range of templates, fonts, and images, plus a cool range of AI tools. Canva is pretty affordable, with a free plan that includes many essential features. Check it out on bit.ly slash topshelf08. That's bit.ly slash topshelf08. The link will also be in the episode details, along with the rest of the good stuff. Back to you, Danny. Thanks, Sam. So what do you think we need to have in our tool shack in order to monitor our finances, plan properly, and measure our success? What do you use? So I think in terms of finance and, and marketing, me personally, I have a dashboard of a cash flow uh, that shows exactly mm -hmm. how much money have we spent on every single marketing activity. I use a solution called the Mesh Payments. I really advise it. It's basically would provide credit cards for every single marketing activity. So we know in real time, what is the actual spend on every marketing activity? Uh, that on mm -hmm. the spend side. On, so, so we really allocate a specific credit card for every marketing activity. And, and we know exactly what our marketing budget is, is where we stand. And we don't have to wait for the marketing department 15 days after the end of the month for the marketing department to issue those reports. We can actually know every single day in real time how much money has been spent on mm -hmm. sponsorship, on content creation, on the digital campaigns, on, on you know, and everything else. So, so that's critical. That's how you can remain agile and agility is the name of the game. Exactly. We really recommend a great company, great product for expense management. On the part of, of understanding the yield of those expenses, you know, I think nothing could replace a good, really, really good CRM that works well with good UTM links with great attribution. So I think attribution is critical. And I think it's an ongoing challenge. It's not something that you've done once and that's it and you accomplish. But being able mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to attribute the leads that you are getting from the different strategies that you execute is critical. And it's super important. And I would suggest that anything that helps to attribute the leads and understand where they come from, what, what campaign did they come from, is extremely important. And I would definitely invest in that segment as well. Any specific tools that you recommend? Segment, I, I think, is, is a great tool for that. Obviously, we have the analytics tool, everything off the shelf, the Google Analytics as well. But I think mm -hmm. a good CRM with a good subject expert that helps us to create the right links for the right campaigns, I think that should solve a lot of the problem. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Dave. This was really, really important and interesting to listen to. It's been wonderful. Of course, my pleasure, Danny, anytime. That's a wrap, folks. Thank you, David Walpert, for taking us through the marketing budget management world. If you like this episode, don't keep it to yourself, share it with your pals, and don't forget to give us a star or five. Special thanks to producer Sam and the Startup Marketing Workshop for making this episode possible. See you next week.